Hello and welcome back to an all-new episode of the Couch Potato Podcast. On today's episode, Lucas makes his triumphant return as him and I sit down to give our reactions to the first AP Top 25 college football poll, which was just released on Monday. We also give our thoughts on the rumored Big Ten media rights deal, a little Serena Williams retirement talk, and we also give our thoughts on the Fernando Tati steroid suspension. So, after the guitar riff, the Couch Potato Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Couch Potato Podcast. I am Russ and joining us after a one-week break, Lucas is back. Lucas, what's going on, dude? Uh, not much. Uh, had to take the break because uh, Tina, our super fan, my girlfriend, went back to work. So uh wanted to give her a little time to adjust and, uh, you know, make sure the kids were all in bed and help her out with everything around here before she went back. I still don't understand why you just didn't put them in a room. Just for an hour and a half, there. yeah. <laughs> it sounds reasonable. Just let them go Should crazy. It? Yeah. What could go wrong there? Nothing. Uh, a a two-month-old and a one-year-old that gets into everything and throws everything. If I were to do that with my two kids, I would be scared to death that one of them, when I open up the door, would be dead. And actually, Jesus. I'd put my money on the three-year-old coming out alive. <laughs> She's fucking scrappy. She is. She is a hellcat for sure. She is the definition of a gremlin. Like, I picture her. Yum, yum. Like, the scene in the bar. Like, she would be the one swinging off the chandelier. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Uh, so anything, uh, any exciting news from the uh, the last week or so? Anything new and exciting your way? Uh, nothing new and exciting uh, per se, but there's a, a lot of uh, good sports news, a lot of good sports stories, all kinds yeah. of stuff going on. That's right. Um, before we go into that, um, I have caught up. I'm almost completely done with the big summer movie releases this year. Uh, spent Saturday evening. uh the missus and I went and seen Bullet Train. Uh, then we watched uh, Black Phone. How's Black Phone? On the cock. It premiered on the cock Friday night. I enjoyed Black Phone. I thought it was really good. Um, it's not a straight horror movie like I thought. It's kind of a supernatural horror movie a little bit. Uh, really dug okay. it. Ethan Hawke is super creepy in it, but I really liked it. I would definitely watch it again. Yeah, I'm, I'm becoming an even bigger fan of Ethan Hawke. Um, after watching him in Moon Knight, I, in my opinion, he was the only good thing about Moon Knight. So, uh, if you are in a, on an Ethan Hunt kick, Ethan Hunt, I'm thinking of Mission Impossible. I just, <laughs> da, 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 na, na. Uh, an Ethan Hawke kick, check out the Before Sunset, Before Sunrise movies. Those are really good. I mean, they're kind of like romantic dramas, but I think they're awesome. They're really good movies. Uh, I don't mind those. Yeah, uh, fantastic in those. Reality Bites is awesome, too. Oh, I'll take that. I, I mean, I have a lot of time sitting with the kids since I'm a stay-at-home father, so yeah, I, I will take those into consideration. Uh, yeah, and then you can also, uh, when they're wide awake, you could also show them uh, the black phone. <laughs> I'm sure nothing could go wrong there. Nothing at all. I mean, I, they'll sleep like babies afterward. Um. Bullet Train, on the other hand, uh, I thought was solid, but Bullet Train is kind of, how did I describe that? It's, uh, I think you said like McDonald's. Yeah, it's like eating a McDonald's meal. It's like, it's 
not the best thing in the world, but it does the trick. <laughs> I I figure that it's probably one of those things where you watch it, you're happy that you watched it, but you don't necessarily need to see it ever again. Yeah, it's really one of those movies where, like, I would recommend seeing it, but I would also, if your local movie theater has a bargain day, like here in town we have uh, bargain Tuesdays where you can get in for like five bucks. I know some of the other local cinemas in the area are Wednesday, but it's one of those, like, hey, if you can go see it for five bucks, totally go see it. It's a fun two hours, but I think just the big thing is like there's too much going on and they really needed to trim a lot of it. Um, it's one of those things where it's probably, it's probably going to be one of those movies that if you see it on TNT or TBS or FX five years down the road, you would probably stop and watch some of it, but I would not go out of my way to watch it again anytime soon. So what you're saying is in five years, you're going to fall asleep in your uh, recliner watching it on TBS. Yeah, I'm it pretty much. Like, I do that anyways. I do that with almost everything that I watch on TV nowadays. Now, I will say that uh, there are a couple of characters in that movie that deserve their own spinoff. Um, Aaron, what's his name? Aaron Taylor Johnson. Uh, he played uh, Kick-Ass in the Kick-Ass movies. Oh, okay. And then uh, I'm trying to look up the actor's name now. His name's Brian Tyree Henry. Um, trying to think of what he might have been featured in. Oh, yeah, he was in The Eternals. Yikes. Um, yeah. But uh, I thought those two characters were great. They're called uh, Lemon and Tangerine. They're kind of uh, assassins for hire. They're on this train. Uh, those two are awesome. And I think that if this movie gets to $100 million, which I, I don't know, it could, um, those two deserve a spinoff. At least give them like a Netflix movie or a Netflix show. Because those two are great together. I'm curious to see more adventures from them too. But outside of that, Bullet Train was okay. Not great. Uh, in my opinion, I still have not seen Elvis yet. And I still haven't seen the Minions movie. Because I'll be honest with you, my 11-year-old doesn't give a shit about the Minions anymore. Yeah. And then my 3-year-old's <laughs> too young to really get into it. Uh, so I probably won't be seeing the Minions. But uh, nothing has surpassed Top Gun as the movie of the summer. Well, that's good to hear. Which uh, that you, you can you finally see. You would very disappointed <laughs> if, you, if it had been surpassed. Yeah. Uh, you will get to finally see Top Gun next week. Finally hitting digital. Uh, you can buy it on iTunes and Vudu next week. Yeah. So are you getting it? Because I'm broke as fuck. Uh, yeah. I I don't know why. It's pointless to pre-order a digital movie. It's not like they're going to run out, but I pre-ordered it today. <laughs> you never know. Oh, shit. That's uh, so many downloads. we got to cut this off. Yeah. It's like, okay, we're selling it to the first 2,000 people. After that, you can't get it till November. <laughs> don't even fucking look at it. Remember when that used to be a thing though? Like if you wanted like a movie or a game, you had to, like if you were, if you wanted to guarantee you had to pre-order it. Now it's just like, Oh yeah. Who gives a shit now? You know? Yeah. I mean, it kind of takes, I feel sad for people that won't get to experience that. Like, uh, standing outside waiting for halo at midnight or call of duty at midnight or 
fuck, uh, you know, waiting for a store to open at 10 a.m. So you can hurry up and get, make sure you get a copy of it because there's only 20 copies in the store. And if you don't get it there, then you got to drive around town trying to find it. It was fun. It, it gave you something to really look forward to. Yeah, I know you said Halo was your big thing. I know me and my brother used to wait until midnight to get the new Madden game. Yeah, there you go. Madden yeah. and NCAA football when that was a thing. We used to stay up till midnight, and then we'd come home and then play it till f- fuck, who knows, four, five, six in the morning. Yeah, I remember uh, my mom got me Halo too, and I played that thing for twenty four, literally twenty four straight hours. God damn. Yeah. Yeah. Now there's like no way. It probably wasn't literally because I had to go to school, but. Uh, in between, you know, I didn't sleep that night. I stayed up in the entire night, went to school, slept a little in school, and then went, came home, did the same thing all over again that whole entire first week. Man, those were the good old days when you had no responsibilities, really. Right. <laughs> and now there's didn't no have. way there's no way I could pull that off because I uh, Madden I think came out today, the brand new one, and oh, I really shit. I really put some thought into going and buying it, but then like. Like, fuck, okay, I've got my daughter. Like, when would I even get a chance to play it? That just tells you how far down Madden's fallen on my pecking order. I didn't even know it fucking came out. Well, yeah, my son's, like, a huge, like, he's into all the sports games, just like I was. Like, he's, essentially, it's Fortnite, Madden, and MLB The Show. That's his wheelhouse. And then, to a lesser extent, he plays uh, NBA 2K. Uh, it comes out the 19th, so was that Friday? Well, I think the uh, the all-Madden edition came out today. Oh, the really expensive for no reason. Yeah, which I guess this year they're giving you the option to, if you want to upgrade from, like, the PS4 or the Xbox to the PS5 or the Xbox, what was the Xbox, the S, the 1? Just, the... Call, it, just call it the series. Okay, whatever. I mean, you and Adam are, like, the gamers in this this ragtag group of misfits, but if you buy the Ultimate Edition, you can upgrade it for free, but if you do not own or do not wish to purchase the Ultimate Edition, then you've got to be a dope and pay another $60 to upgrade it to the new system. Yeah, it's, it's insane. Yeah. Um, speaking of football, did you catch any preseason football this weekend? Uh, I did not actually. I was very busy this weekend. Um, you know the story, but my girlfriend's aunt. Uh, there's a lot going on with her health wise, and uh, Tina is the executor of her estate. So, did a lot of, you know, running down there and doing some other things this weekend. So yeah, well, it is. Uh, I know a lot of people get really excited for Halloween. Uh, a lot of people get excited for Christmas. But to me, this is we're coming up on the best time of the year for me. Is you uh, baseball's in its last month, pennant races, uh, NBA and NHL are right around the corner. But the best part is football season starting. Yeah, and actually, uh, I was watching a thing today on, uh, on YouTube. Stuart Holden, who does uh, Fox Sports, like you know the soccer stuff. Mm-hmm. He was talking about the three-day run that they're going to have uh, on Fox in November. So you're going to have uh, the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. 
Then you're going to have the USA versus England. And then the next day you're going to have Ohio state, Michigan. Mm -hmm. So those three, that three day run, I mean, for me, doesn't get any better than that. Right. That is a, uh, that is a murderer's row of sports programming, which one of the things I really enjoy uh, this year versus uh, previous years is uh, Thanksgiving. I didn't have to go to bed at like 630 at night to get up super early so I could actually sit and watch NFL football. Man, you remember when we worked, uh, I fucking, we'll just call them out by name. When we worked at Best Buy and we had to uh, sit in the back and wait for people to come get their TVs, you know, and we would have to go, I'd, I would go in at like 1 p.m. You'd come in at like 3. So we would completely miss Thanksgiving with our family. We'd miss football. And now we don't have to fucking do that anymore. That is right. Um, you said Fox is going to have that run? Yeah. Um, well, Ed, that's a good segue into the first topic I was wanting to talk about. Um, last week, it was reported that ESPN and the Big Ten decided to sever their relationship after – what was that, 40 years? Four, yeah, 40 plus. Four, was it 43? <laughs> well, let me put it, it to you like this. I have never, I don't remember a time when the Big Ten was not on ESPN slash ABC. Yeah, it's, oh man, when I think about that relationship, I think of, uh, fuck, I can't remember his name, but he would, he'd say, down by the old Antenje. Oh, that's Keith Jackson. Yeah, see, I, I grew up as yeah. a kid. Uh, you knew it was a big, a big game in the Big Ten when it was Keith Jackson. At least this is like ninety, the early nineties to I think Keith retired in two thousand. Um, then he strictly went to the pack, just do did like Pac Ten games. But yeah, you knew it was a big game in the Big Ten when Keith Jackson and Bob Greasy were doing the game. Yeah, it was always exciting, and I just I I always loved that call when the whenever Michigan came to Ohio Stadium, down by the banks of the Olentangy, down by the banks of the old Olentangy, we've got arguably the greatest rivalry in college sports. We got the Wolverines and the Buckeyes. Hey, you know what? Not too bad, Keith Jackson impressions. I think he's looking up upon us right now and saying, well, first off, who those two guys impersonating me? And you know what? They didn't do a half bad job. Um, I'll take that. Usually my impressions are terrible. They are. I'm not going to sit there. I'm not going to bullshit you. They're, they suck. <laughs> oh, boy. Thanks, Russ. But, yeah, after 40 years, uh, when does this take place in 2026, I think? 2025. 2025. I think it's 20, Is it 25 or 24? Uh, fuck, I don't know. I think it's two, I think 2024. Um, the Big Ten uh, well, uh, sports package is going to a combination of Fox, CBS Sports, and uh, NBC. So you're going to get uh, Fox is going to have a big game at noon, and then the Big Ten uh, matchup of the week is going to be on CBS, which is – replacing the SEC, which is leaving CBS to go to strictly ESPN. And then NBC is going to have a prime time game. It's going to be interesting to see the Big Ten on CBS because CBS loves the SEC for good reason. I mean, it's a great conference, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see um, 
see it on CBS. I want to see uh, I want to see the guys that normally do SEC games do a, a Big Ten game. Uh, I, you know, I haven't watched. Uh, I didn't watch a single SEC game last year on CBS. So forgive me, but is it still Gary Danielson and uh, Vern Lundquist doing the games? I think so. Yeah, I don't know how many more years Vern's got in him. I mean, I love the guy, but yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to look it up here real quick while we're uh, talking. But um, I think the big thing coming out of all this is with NBC getting into the fray now, what does that mean for Notre Dame? Because I believe the Notre Dame TV package ends around the same time the Big Ten media deal takes over. So, I mean, well, I, don't know. I wanted to get your thoughts on it. What do you think that means for Notre Dame? I'd like to think that they're going to join the Big Ten, which is what we feel, at least me personally. Uh, I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel like they should have always been in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that uh, NBC used to pay a shit ton of money to them, um, but I just it just geographically makes sense. They always had a rivalry with Michigan and Michigan State, and they lost that, which really – I, I like traditions in college football to a certain extent. Like I know that um, the big controversy, obviously we're, we're in Ohio, so we're Ohio state fans and we really enjoy like the tradition of that. I don't so much care about noon games. Um, I know that that's a big thing and uh, them having to always wear their scarlet jerseys. I like the blackout jerseys and the blackout helmets. I thought those were sweet. I don't mind those at all. I could tell by your face <laughs> that uh, you don't agree with me, but yeah, I just, it just, when it comes to games, that Notre Dame Michigan game had been going on for almost what? A hundred years, mm-hmm. close to a hundred years. And they just got rid of it. Like it was nothing. And I just, I don't like that sort of thing. It's like when I talked about baseball to you, you know, I don't know much about baseball. I said that I'm not watching baseball anymore since they took the first game away from the Reds. That game, the Reds are the very first Major League Baseball team of all time. They're the first professional baseball team of all time. And for them to take the game away from them, I just, I hate that. And uh, it just, that just ruins certain traditions for me. So I would like to see them come back to bring back some of those rivalries or come into the big 10 to bring back some of those rivalries. Yeah. I've, I've always uh, felt that the Notre Dame was a big 10 team too, just because like geographically it makes sense. And like you said, yeah, they have the games with Michigan and Michigan state. As a matter of fact, Notre Dame's playing Ohio state on Labor Day weekend to open up the season, which is really fucking cool. Yeah. So yeah, I think it makes sense for them to join the Big Ten? Because I think it's eventually going to get to the point where they're going to have to join a conference or they're just going to get shut out of everything. Right. Um, now, I've read that they could join, but I guess from what I was reading, it could just mean that uh, Notre Dame's going to – they're going to – it could mean that uh, NBC's going to pay more money for Notre Dame to stay on the network so they have the Big Ten and Notre Dame together. That wouldn't surprise me. And uh, by the way, I, when I was when we were talking about it, I looked up a little bit of stuff. Apparently, CBS is losing the SEC. Yeah, to the, ESPN. Yeah, the uh, well, the SEC used to be the prime, like one of the prime time games on uh, 
ESPN. But yeah, it looks like now the SEC is solely going to be on ESPN now. Which kind of, I guess, kind of makes sense because they have the SEC network mm. that's affiliated with ESPN anyway. It's just going to be strange to not see that marquee 3.30 SEC game on CBS. Yeah, I mean, that, that's been a thing for a long time, too. Is right. Because the, uh, they used to have that, uh, that theme song. Like, I always associate college football with that theme song that opened up the SEC on CBS. Kind of like how back in the day you would always associate the, uh, the NBC basketball theme with the NBA. Mm-hmm. Or at least I did when I was younger. Okay, I'm just reading a story from Sports Illustrated. This was eight hours ago. Notre Dame expected to land big TV deal, remain independent. This is from Brian Driscoll from Sports Illustrated. And basically he's saying that uh, right now Notre Dame makes $26 million a year from this deal with NBC. And now they're saying that it could be closer to uh, $70 once they ink this new deal, and it will allow them to remain as an independent in football. Well, I mean, money-wise, it makes sense, but championship-wise, I just I don't see Notre Dame ever winning it again, ever. Because, for one, recruits want to be in those marquee game, you know, marquee matchups which Notre Dame still plays maybe once a year. But if you're in a conference like the Big Ten, you're going to play – you're going to have marquee matchups against Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, uh, Wisconsin. Nebraska's not as big of a deal anymore, but Nebraska to a certain extent. And, you know, you and like an in-state rivalry with Purdue – so, or Indiana. Yeah. So I, I, I know those games are would be squash games for him, but it's still it would be a big deal for it to be an in-state type game, you know. Right. Well, I mean, still Notre Dame is Notre Dame. They're they're always going to be a marquee program, but like I would think that making joining a conference would make sense to them, just because I realistically see it going down the road where it's going to be the Big Ten and the SEC controlling college football. And that's it. And I would think that Notre Dame would want a chunk of that TV money from a, an expanded college football playoff, which I think is coming up in a couple of years. I think they renew that in two or three years. Four that it ends. Yeah. So I would imagine that once that deal is expired, I have a feeling what's going to happen is it's going to be – I see the college football playoffs, <clears throat> excuse me, expanding to – I think the last – I. Red, it's going to be 12 teams. Oh, God, that's too many. Yeah, but I, is enough. but I see the TV packages not being strictly on one network, which NBC or ESPN has the rights right now. But I also see that going to more of a, uh, a model like what it, the NBA and Major League Baseball do to where the playoffs are on different networks. Yeah. So I would imagine that that TV deal is going to increase dramatically if you've got ESPN, Fox, NBC, and CBS all with a piece of that, you know, wanting a piece of that pie. So, I mean, if Notre Dame gets shut out of that, I mean, I think it would make sense for them to be a part of a conference. 
what do you think? Probably two, three billion dollars for the playoffs next time. Probably somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah, because I don't remember what the NFL, but the NFL is always getting more and more, more, more money. But um, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, the English Premier League, I think uh, NBC paid two billion dollars for that for four years, maybe three, four years. Yeah, and I mean, if the Premier League is getting that kind of money. I know you're a big soccer fan, but football, English or European football, football is not quite as big as college and professional football here. So I can only no, imagine what not. I can only imagine what college football a playoff system would get. So if it's strictly an SEC Big Ten running the show, Notre Dame's left on the outside. Granted, they got this money coming in from NBC, but like, is any business person will tell you that no like there's no amount of money that's enough you know right yeah and i don't know why as a program you wouldn't want to compete with the best teams and compete for championships well i mean i think yeah the championship thing but yeah i mean notre dame being a marquee program they're always going to be able to get marquee matchups regardless of conference affiliation or not because that's like you take for example like NBC would probably want to schedule like Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan, Notre Dame. I mean that's going to be a game that's going to draw, and then you're also going to get these teams that want to like, hey, I need to get a big, I need to get a marquee matchup on the schedule. So like an Oklahoma will schedule Notre Dame, you know, down the road. So I mean I don't think right. it's going to be a matter of marquee matchups. I think it's just the fact that. There's, they're leaving all that extra money from what I predict is going to be the expanded college football playoffs and the TV deals for that are going to get huge, huge bids. And I just, I don't, I don't know. I guess I don't understand the want to be independent. That's the part that I really just don't understand. I mean, I get the, the money thing. Well, that's primarily you- what it is. But if point. you go with the Big Ten, they're saying that they're going to make eighty to ninety million per school per year. Right. So that's even more money. Well, I think it's just a matter of, you know, if you are an independent, you can, can kind of control where you want to go. You yeah. know what I mean? But if yeah. you're part of a conference, you still have to like, okay, well, I've got fuck. I how many teams are in the Big Ten now? Like sixteen. I've got 16 other schools that I have to rely on to determine my fate. Whereas, you know. Yeah. And I was also like Notre Dame is a part of the big 10 when it comes to hockey. So they already have one sport in there. You know, I, I don't know. It's just, you know how I feel about Notre Dame. I can't stand that fucking school. All right. Well, there you go. Bottom line. Lucas hates Notre Dame. Correct. I I don't mind <clears throat> I don't hate Notre Dame. I'm just like it's like okay, Notre Dame's on to me they haven't really been like relevant in quite a long time. And that's why I was talking about marquee matchups every week cuz I think it makes you more relevant if you're playing better teams every week. Well, I don't think it's and they a matter were playing of playing in the fucking ACC like well, playing Duke well, I don't think it's a matter of who they're playing is making them relevant. It's just the fact that when you think college football, it's usually Alabama, 
Notre Dame, USC, Ohio State, like those are the programs that you typically associate with college football. And the fact that like USC, Alabama, Ohio State, they've been successful championship winning programs within the last 20, 25 years, whereas Notre Dame hasn't really accomplished anything. But yet they yeah. still get treated as like like an Alabama. Like they have that like that rule where if Notre Dame qualifies within like the top like they get special treatment in the the rankings for the playoffs and well it's kinda like uh Michigan. Michigan hasn't won a championship outright by itself since the forties. I mean they had a split championship in ninety seven. Right. So uh, that's fucking 1997. That, I was still a kid in 97. <laughs> I was 10 right. years well, old. Michigan, I think, falls into the same uh, the same category as Notre Dame. I mean, they're really not. I mean, they're still a marquee college football program, but they're not a relevant college football program. And I mean, they still Nebraska, they still Nebraska too. Well, Nebraska. I mean, at least Michigan's putting out a winning team most of the time. Nebraska has been like. <laughs> It seems atrocious. like ever since they joined the Big Ten, it's just been an absolute, like, dumpster fire. Well, I found it funny because mentioning that, I seen a thing where they were talking about how when they joined the Big Ten, they lost their recruiting pipeline. Like, why? What's the fucking difference? You, you moved a conference. You didn't move from where you were. You could still go to Oklahoma and Texas and recruit. I mean, I don't understand what – I it just college football is so confusing to me sometimes. <laughs> Well, I think too. You're starting to see like a lot of those, those players that were going to like Nebraska now, like the the Midwest has expanded beyond Nebraska and Oklahoma. You know, Texas A and M's a good football program. You've always had to compete with Texas, and then like these kids now, like back when Nebraska was kind of a, a big time deal, like you didn't have. I guess it's the access to, like, information is more readily available now. So, like, a kid could easily just watch. That's like a five-star offensive lineman from Nebraska could easily watch. I don't think you can watch an Ohio State game and say, you know what, I'm just going to go to Ohio State. Or I want to go to USC. And, like, all those schools now are not strictly recruiting just in their immediate area. They're going, like, Fuck Ohio State, as an example, pulls kids from Florida and Texas and California. Same with USC. They're going out to the New York's. and Well, New York's not really, I'd say, a football school. Like Pennsylvania, they're getting, you know, the kids from the South, too, and, you know, the Michigans and the Wisconsin. So, yeah, I mean, like, recruiting has expanded so widely in the last 20, 25 years, too. So. Yeah, I think part of its money is really, 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 really kicked up in college football. I feel like it really started with probably with Miami and USC. And then from there, it just ballooned. Oh, yeah. Now you got these NIL deals now, too. So where you can literally pay for a kid to come to your school. Right. I just seen uh, LSU's quarterback got all these uh, this money from NIL deals and just decided to withdraw from school. Yeah. Yeah, you get millions and then you just quit. Yeah, he got all this money from like I think Smoothie King, uh, Raising Canes, which man that sounds really good right now. Um, yeah, all these 
all these uh, like sponsors, and then he just okay, I'm done. This just makes me wonder if that's going to be the like, the norm. Well, I mean, that, we had a kid here at Ohio State, Ewers. He got all that money. That that was his name, right? Ewers, his last yeah. name. He got what was it like a million dollar deal? And it's like, all right, cool. I'm going to Texas. Like, all right, cool. You got all that money. You were, he could have. He obviously wasn't going to be a starter this year, but possibly next year. Mm-hmm. Which. Who knows? Because Ohio State always has fantastic quarterbacks, but at least college quarterbacks, they don't always translate to the next level. But that's true. But yeah, he just he took that money and split. I they've got to put a cap on it somehow. Well, I think that's uh, right now. It's too out of control, and I don't foresee that happening anytime soon. That was my biggest fear with kids making money in college, getting paid to play. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Was them just skipping out after they get a payday? I don't know. I was always the on the side of uh, on the side of they're getting a scholarship, so do they really need to get paid? But I guess I was the minority there. I always uh, was on the fence with, like, college athletes simply because, yeah, granted, they're getting paid with a scholarship, but what they're making versus what the school's making off of television deals, selling these kids is like, okay, tune in at 3.30 to see Ohio State versus Penn State, Heisman Trophy candidate C.J. Stroud leads, you know, top-ranked Ohio State. You know, that's advertising a college football game on a network who's paying the Big Ten tons of money they're selling jerseys with the kid's name on it. When they're doing the, the whole video game thing, they basically, like, they created these kids. They never used their names, but they had the kid looked almost damn near identical to his real-life counterpart, and they were selling that game, and these kids were, like, not seeing a penny out of that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think they should have gotten something besides just a scholarship when they're bringing millions and millions of dollars to these schools, but... Now it's just kind of getting out of hand now. Yeah. So. To the point where Nick Saban and Jim, Jimbo Fisher are about ready to throw down at SummerSlam <laughs> in a barbed wire. Farts in there. A barbed wire inferno match. That sounds fucking awesome. I'd pay for that. You may tip me after we're done recording to go down a rabbit hole on YouTube to see if I can find such a match. I guarantee you that FMW has probably done something similar to that. Oh, man, that sounds so cool, though. If I find it, I'll send you the link. Perfect. I'll watch it tomorrow, or if Hard Knocks is only like 45 minutes, I'll watch that. Um, All right, so we'll table that. So at the end of the day, Big Ten's signing a massive, massive television contract to spread their sports programming Programming over three networks. I'm sure the cock will be involved. Uh, Paramount Plus will probably have games too. So the big, almost, and then yeah, of course Fox. Does Fox own the Big Ten Network? I think yeah. they do, right? Okay. They, uh, they're a 49 percent owner. Okay, so yeah, Big Ten's going to get a massive amount of cash coming soon. So you know, you college football programs looking to uh, move elsewhere, you might want to look at the Big Ten. Where the money's going to be at. Seems like a good investment, Notre Dame, you cunts. 
Um, speaking of uh, Notre Dame, uh, yesterday, now this is always, to me, the official kickoff of football season. It's not when the preseason starts. It's not when the NFL does the Hall of Fame. It's when the AP releases the top 25, which I find the preseason polls to be a bit mundane simply because the teams, with the exception of like the top 10 or so, usually this isn't how it's going to look at the end of the year. I've always been a, a, a champion of wait for three or four weeks and then rank the teams. But it's yeah. still kind of exciting to see where your team's going to rank. So the uh, AP did release the top 25 yesterday. So just to read off the top 10, uh, number one is Alabama. Number two is Ohio State. Three is Georgia. Four is Clemson. Five, Notre Dame. Six, Texas A&M. Seven is Utah. Eight, Michigan. Nine, Oklahoma. And 10 is Baylor. So what are your thoughts? Very interesting top 10. Um, I don't know, obviously, much about Utah because the Pac-27 or wherever they are now plays games at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Mm -hmm. So as an old man, father of – I have three kids in my house, but I'm a father of four. I'm tired. I don't have time to stay up until – one one thirty, two o'clock. If it, fuck, even three. If they go to like six overtimes, which is possible. Um, so I don't know a whole lot about Utah. Um, to well, they did take Ohio State to the brink at the Rose Bowl last year. That is true. And I think they have they, just about everybody coming back too from that team. Um, Texas A and M is a very interesting team to me. I believe that they had the number one recruiting class, or at least pretty close. Well, um, talk to Nick Saban about that. Yeah. <laughs> they bought their team. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, if you, I guess if you got the money. Man, I really wanted to see them two fight. I want to see <laughs> them throw down. Yeah. You know what? The season hasn't even started yet, so they may still. Um, I think Texas A&M is a very interesting team. Uh, Clemson is always always around um georgia is an interesting team to me because they could they seem like they're the new alabama rival for who's going to dominate the sec every year um baylor was so good last year and they just they just really kind of missed out Mm. and uh Obviously, Ohio State and Alabama. Ohio State's got a retooled defense. Alabama's great every year. Um, There's some questions about their wide receivers, but do we really need to question Alabama's wide receivers? They'll be fine. Um, Ohio State, obviously, the big question is defense. Uh, Michigan lost a bunch. I think they lost their entire, or at least close to their entire defensive line. Almost all of their sack numbers are gone to the NFL. So I don't know if they're going to be as good as number eight. So it's 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 exciting to look at it, but like you said, it's not really realistic yet. We haven't seen any of these teams play. Mm-hmm. And for us, we get to see two versus five right away. 
opening weekend. Yeah, there's two marquee matchups to uh, kick off the season on uh, Labor Day weekend. It's uh, You get Ohio State, Notre Dame, and then you also get Georgia versus Oregon, which is just outside the top 10 and 11, too. So, Yeah, and Oregon, they're, they're a much more physical team than they used to be. They're not just speed anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they they could match up. Uh, we'll see. I think Georgia is probably – Georgia, Texas A&M, and Alabama are going to compete for the SEC this year. Um, so we'll see how Oregon does in that game. Usually in these opening, like, SEC versus somebody else games, the SEC usually smashes them by, like, 25, and then ESPN blows their load all over the TV about how great the SEC is. Yeah, well, I – I think when it comes to ESPN, I think they just – they're a business like anybody else, and I think they just cover what they know people are going to tune into, whether it's the right choice or not. It's usually with baseball, they always cover the Yankees since that's the New York market, and they're the preeminent team in baseball. They do – they cover LeBron, whatever LeBron James is doing, uh, the Patriots in the NFL, and then the SEC in college football, so – um, Which are the Patriots still that relevant without Tom Brady? As far as ESPN goes, I don't. I don't watch Sports Center anymore. They still have Belichick, so as long as Belichick's coaching, yeah. which I do have Once, a good idea. Right before the season starts, I say you and I get a couple other people together. We do the NFL kickoff spectacular episode. Okay. Uh, well, it'll have to be before my. Uh, no one gives a fuck about your your referee jobs. Well, I do because it brings me money. <laughs> I'm going to get a letter tomorrow like, you know what? Can Lucas quit talking about his referee gigs? Like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, I haven't even said anything about it on here yet. I was getting ready to, and you shot me down before I could. Oh, like, well, it, was a, it was a preemptive missile strike against me before I even did anything. Yep. Strike. I, I live by the Cobra Kai mantra. Strike hard, strike fast, no mercy. <laughs> um, just looking at the top 10, um, I think the top five is pretty much how I see the season, like shaking out at the end of the year. It's going to be a combination of those five teams. I think Clemson though, might be a tad overrated. Uh, I know they got a lot of their defense coming back, but uh, I, I didn't watch a lot of Clemson, but what I did see, their quarterback play was kind of shitty, especially what we had grown accustomed to from them over the last – what, seven, eight years with Watson and Trevor Lawrence. Well, another thing is they lost Brent Venables mm-hmm. yeah. from their defense, and that's – He went to USC, didn't he? Yeah, he's. I think he's their defensive mm-hmm. coordinator there now. I know he didn't get a head I, coaching no, I gig. Thought he got a, I thought he got a head coaching gig. Well, keep talking. I'll take a look. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, you don't just – you don't just lose a guy like that and then automatically uh, replace him. I wouldn't think. I could be wrong. But, oh, yes, I mean, he is the coach of Oklahoma. So he not only got a head coaching gig, he got a very lucrative head coaching gig. You know, I almost said Oklahoma State, and I knew that wasn't right. Oh, no. <laughs> I, would know if, the I would know if Mike Gundy had left Oklahoma State. He is my favorite college football coach. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like uh, Oklahoma State, but, man, like anytime he's doing a press conference, like I'm tuning in to watch that. I'm man, I'm 40. Come at me. I'm a man. Um, so, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, 
it's it's hard to say with Clemson. I mean, they could ski, they could easily skate through the ACC. Yeah, because the ACC, like, I really don't see. I let me take a look here real quick at the. I've got the top twenty-five up now. They've only got two. I believe they have five. Yeah, they've got five schools in the top uh, twenty-five, which I think's a a little strange considering. Like, just looking at this real quick, um, Tennessee didn't make it, which I think is crazy considering I I think Tennessee with that offense is going to be one of the funnest teams to watch in college football this year. Defense, forget about it. They're not stopping anybody, but that offense is fucking loaded. Tennessee is one of those interesting schools that kind of lives on the Peyton Manning legacy mm. <laughs> a little bit, it seems like, because I can't remember a time – that since I've been watching college football, which is not maybe as long as well, it's definitely not as long as you have, and maybe not as long as some of the people that listen to us have. But I can't really remember a time when Tennessee was really that relevant. Well, they won a national title with T. Martin as a quarterback. How long ago was that? That was after Peyton Manning. So, gosh, when did Manning come in the league? Ninety. Ninety-seven, ninety-eight. Yeah, see, I didn't even know that they they won after that, but I it would have had to have been a long time ago, and they haven't been really relevant that I could think of lately. Yeah, he uh, but, during a junior, his junior year, uh, T. Martin led the 1998 Tennessee Volunteer football team to an undefeated season and a Fiesta Bowl victory over Florida State, winning the school's first national championship. There you go. So yeah, I I would I wouldn't mind Tennessee. I wouldn't mind an SEC uh, team besides Alabama. In the is Alabama's in the West, right? I think so. Yeah. So I wouldn't mind a team in the East that can actually really compete with Alabama. You know what I mean? Is Georgia in the East? They mm-hmm. might be in the East. I don't I don't know a whole lot about the SEC. I remember when Florida was relevant, they would at least challenge Alabama. Um, it usually it seems like the SEC, their divisions would be lopsided. Like for a little while, you'd have like LSU, Alabama, and Auburn being like one A, B, and C to win that side, and then like the other side would be like you might get like an eight and four, uh, like Florida team winning that side, and then getting smashed in the title game against. Alabama or LSU, but and then now it seems like it's Alabama's running the West, and then like the East seems to be the stronger of the two sides too. Well, I yeah, Texas would be on the same side as Alabama too. So yeah, they'll have to reconfigure their dividing lines. Yeah, with like uh, who's in the Texas East and, and West. Oklahoma, well, Texas and Oklahoma would definitely be coming into uh, the West. Right. Um, I was also looking to Penn State not rated, um, which I find kind of surprising considering uh, Penn State lost their starting quarterback. And I think that kind of started their downfall. But he's back this year. What's that kid? I can't think of the kid's name. But he got hurt. And then I noticed that once he got hurt, Penn State wasn't the same team. 
I, it's hard to say. Penn State is so strange. Like that, they should be so much better than they are. Like they should always be, at the very least, the second best team in in the Big Ten East or whatever we call it mm-hmm. now. Um, they should at least be a threat to Ohio State, but they're really like the last couple of years they haven't been. And I thought that James Franklin would have been fired by now, but he's got somebody, he's got photos of somebody with some hookers or something. Well, I think James Franklin's got plenty of leash at Penn state, because if you think about what that program went through 10 years ago, even less than that with the whole Paterno thing. And now they're a relevant college football team again, even though they haven't been as good here in the last couple of years. I mean, they're still a, pretty good college football program. Was it him that brought him back or that other guy? Um, no, Franklin the, took the job after Paterno was did? fired. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm getting Because they hired Franklin from Vanderbilt. And Franklin's Which actually I, gotten some, like, he's gotten some, uh, he's been rumored at one point or another to uh, be in the running for, like, some bigger college jobs. Like, I know, I think he was being tossed around for the USC job at one point. Which wouldn't really surprise me. I mean, if you can, if you can make Vanderbilt relevant in football, you're doing something because that's a baseball school all day. Oh yeah. It's usually one of the, it's either a basketball or a football school. If you're not good at either, then yeah, you're, you're definitely like a lacrosse champion or like Iowa. Iowa's like, okay. in football, Okay, in basketball, they'll have like a couple of years here or there where they're really good, but that wrestling, forget about. No one's fucking touching Iowa in wrestling. Yeah. Well, Ohio State did for a while there. Yeah, or Minnesota, um, another good one. I was actually, I was right. Bill O'Brien took over Penn State before James oh, Franklin. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about So he, he brought them back to relevance before James Franklin. Okay. Okay, I, I, I forgot about Bill I O'Brien. I thought there was somebody in between there. But you, honest, but you're like an encyclopedia of sports, so I didn't really want to argue with you. But I felt like I knew that one. Oh yeah, I was like, I hey, like call I me off. I'm wrong. I'm wrong every great, great once in a while. Um, it's a it's a rare one. But still, though, I mean, uh, uh, under Franklin, he's got a couple of BCS appearances. Mm-hmm. So I think he's got long leash. I mean, it's not like Penn State was bad. They're just not up to their usual standards, you know? Right. And they really strike me as a type of team too, or a program too. It's like after, you know, all the years with Paterno, they, you know, they're not one of those schools that like is going to like ax a coach after a disappointing season. I think Penn State will be much better than their preseason ranking right now. I think a lot of Big Ten schools will be. Yeah. Um, so uh, real quick – Who's going to the B, uh, the playoffs? Who's your four picks? Uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say USC. I'm going to say, um, Alabama, uh, Georgia, and Ohio State. Yeah, that's who I had too. I, I have the same four that you do. Oh, really? Yeah. We didn't even discuss that. That's amazing. I think the Pac-12 is wide open this year. Uh, 
Lincoln Riley is a huge name. I have a, a lot of kids like decommitted from Oklahoma to go to USC. I have a feeling that USC is going to be one of those teams that like comes out of I mean they're they're ranked what like 13th or 14th. So it's not like they're going to be like coming out of nowhere, but I think they're going to be one of those teams that like damn, I didn't know that they were that good. I think they're going to be fantastic offensively. Oh yeah. But they also and... if Lincoln Riley's their coach, they might end up choking in the big game too, so True. Uh, they are ranked 14th. Yeah, I, I knew they were like 13th or 14th. They're right on the the cusp. So, hey, you know what? Between uh, you, uh, USC, Utah, and Oregon, that Pac-12 might be pretty fun to watch. At least that championship game where it could be either Oregon or Utah against uh, Southern Cal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's, uh, that was the same for uh, what's your national title game? Uh, I'm going to say Georgia, Ohio State. I'm going Alabama, Ohio State. So then we're, we're going to say that probably Ohio State will probably be, what, two? Alabama, one. Georgia, four. USC, three. Prop, that would have to be what it is because whoever loses the SEC title game between most likely Alabama and Georgia will be – the fourth team, unless it's just a clusterfuck from like four to like seven or eight. And the fourth team is a lot worse than like the loser of the SEC. Like what happened last year wasn't, yeah, Alabama was three. Yeah, because Cincinnati um, was the four. Cincinnati was four. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And then, yeah, Cincinnati was four. Michigan was two. Yeah, Georgia was three. One. I think Georgia was one, weren't they? No, Georgia no, no, was. No, Alabama did win that title game. Yeah, Alabama was one because they played Cincinnati, and then Georgia played Michigan. That's then, right. Yeah. yeah. So unless we get a scenario like that where four, five, six, and seven, maybe eight, there's just, like, not a lot of – I think the real like there could be two shockers that could that could overtake SC like in that scenario you're talking about Texas or Baylor. Well, Texas isn't even ranked right now, so yeah, but they've got god, they got a shit ton of offensive firepower that they brought in in this offseason. Well, you know when we were talking about college football programs that have been relevant in a while, there's another one Texas too. True. What oh oh six? Yeah, the Vince Young. The the most people say it's the greatest college football game of all time. I'm going to say it's two. I still think the Ohio State Miami game is number one, but that's for personal reasons because yeah. I've never <laughs> felt a roller coaster of emotions for a football game more than I did that one. But <laughs> yeah, I'd say for probably from an unbiased standpoint, that oh six title game is probably the best. Uh, that was a good game. I remember just I was in total all of it but yeah i guess looking at it from a, an objective viewpoint probably that one but it's always going to be number two <laughs> in your heart right. in our hearts um i don't know well i mean there's baylor there's oklahoma it just i don't know it just seems like the big 12 just kind of beats themselves up and 
their top dog always seems to lose to a team that they shouldn't late in the year. And it's completely like the knocks them out. Second to last weekend or the last weekend, yeah. Yeah, like you might see like Oklahoma's like they're in the driver's seat at three, and then like they get knocked off by like uh like a Who Texas the fuck is Tech even or Big Twelve. Yeah, I just know the Texas schools, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. I know that is it Cincinnati and Somebody else, Cincinnati and like Wyoming or some shit are joining. Uh, Cincinnati, I think, joins. I think it might mean next year. Yeah, I think they join next year because I think they they joined in response to the Big Twelve losing Texas and Oklahoma. I think it's BYU, maybe Cincinnati and BYU. Yeah, I was gonna say BYU makes more sense because they're they're a much bigger name than Wyoming. I was just talking shit, really. <laughs> yeah. It's actually uh, next year in the Big 12, it's uh, Cincinnati and Sinclair Community College. <laughs> North Dakota State. Rhett's Tech Center. Got him a football team. <laughs> um, well, we're uh, getting close to wrapping this up. Before we wrap this up, is there any other stories that caught your eye this week that you found yeah, I did want to talk about um, one of the greatest tennis players of all time, Serena Williams, is hanging it up. Yeah. Um, not a big tennis person, but she transcended the sport so much for me because she was so dominant that I would tune in and watch her play. Mm. Uh, you know, those early morning Wimbledon games over there in England and um, the Australian Open games, Just any of the Grand Slams when she was – when she was playing, it was always exciting. It was exciting to see, you know, oh, my God, this 18-year-old knocked her off and won, you know, their first Grand Slam title. It was always it was exciting to watch her lose, but it was more exciting to watch her win to see how many she could rack up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just her in general, what she did for women's sports, amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Serena Williams – Retiring, it's sad. It's probably time because she's not really she's not playing very well anymore. Uh, but yeah, I really I loved watching her play. You know, like I had a tennis phase for a little while back. Like I was a junior in high school. Like uh, during the heyday of like Pete Sampras and Andre Agassi and those guys. Like I kind of got into the sport for a little bit and watched it. But yeah, Ser- Serena. Like, can you think of an athlete that is synonymous synonymous with that the sport more than her with tennis? I mean, like Tom Brady with football, Redskins hockey, with basketball. basketball. Yeah, Michael Jordan with basketball. I would probably say Muhammad Ali with boxing. Yeah, I mean, and then Serena in tennis. Yeah, she's she's. I don't know if if, if Mount Rushmore had like seven heads. <laughs> She'd be a part of it. I think she's got a case for the Mount Rushmore period, regardless of gender. I really do. I mean, like, True. I, yeah. she dominated women's tennis for such a long time. And she did it so, like, almost almost nonchalantly. Mm-hmm. Like, she knew she was the best. It was one of those things. It was almost like, um, you know, that we were talking about uh, dominant in their sport. Like, when Tom Brady's Patriots would come out, 
they already beat you, not because necessarily they were the better team, which they probably were anyway, but mentally you had already lost to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Falcons, they that uh, hit them at halftime, but <laughs> had them right where they wanted them. Yeah, like, I don't know, and pl- plus like just what she's done for women's sports. I mean, like she's a, a role model to any young female athlete. That's somebody that you want to look up to. Uh, still very visible, even when she retires. I mean, I, I see ads with her all the time, like the direct TV stuff. So, yeah, man, like that's that's a huge loss for women's sports, period. Because, I mean, realistically, I don't think there's – I'm forgive me, I'm probably missing somebody, but, like, I can't really think off the top of my head of a another iconic female athlete in the sports world right now. Yeah, uh, no. Me on Serena's level. I mean, like, Simone Biles was kind of in that neighborhood, but not, like, when I say neighborhood, she's, like, four blocks away from Serena's house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and there's there's a lot shorter lifespan for a, a gymnast than there is a tennis player, too. Right, and, like, you know, the WNBA doesn't really get much traction outside of the, its niche audience. Right. Um, the Olympics are once every – well, yeah, if you count the intervals, yeah, every two years between the summer and the winter games. But, yeah, I mean, like, uh, a, f- a female athlete on that level, like, I, there's nobody that I can think of. If, the, if I'm just, forgetting somebody, please let me know. But where I, I, Me personally, I'm thankful for having gotten to watch that dominance. Mm-hmm. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, I hope she enjoys her retirement uh, with her very nerdy husband, which I appreciate that guy. He's co-founder of Reddit, I believe. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, he was on Bill Simmons' podcast a couple times. He's a very captivating gentleman. I just can't think of the name off the top of my head. He's I know she was super with, smart. I know she was with Brett Ratner for a while, uh, the director of the Rush Hour movies in that fucking god-awful X-Men 3. Oof. It turns out he's Oof. a fucking dirtbag too. <laughs> um, one more thing I did want to touch on real quick, if you don't mind. Um, Fernando Tatis Jr. Oh my uh, God. That, getting banned for a half a year. That shit show. He tried to pass it off as he thought he was getting the uh, the medication for ringworm. Yeah. Which it's spelled similar to the steroid he got busted for, but it's not the same thing. Well, I don't mean to pick on these guys, but a lot of guys, the Dominican and the cent- and Central America, always when they get busted for these PEDs, they always go with, oh, it was it was tainted meat, or it was I thought it was this, it was something else. You know, I didn't mean to do it. Yeah, the fuck you did. <laughs> we know you did. Just own up to it. Apologize, move on. Everybody will forget. It's just the way well, it I know works. With Unless him, you're Barry Bonds. <laughs> I, I know for him, he's been dealing with a uh, wrist injury, which he got very carelessly. He wrecked a motorcycle and then basically just tried to let it heal on its own. And then by the time he realized that, hey, maybe I should have a professional take care of this, Baseballs are like basically his team was already in training camp and he's been out the whole year. And I think he was doing this to accelerate his 
return. But, yeah, the excuse was, like, come on, man. Because, I mean, like... It's really... It's unfortunate because he was fun to watch, too. Yeah, like, he's arguably one of the the brightest stars, young stars in baseball and a sport that kind of needs it. He's my son's favorite player. It was kind of heartbreaking to see when I told my son that news, like, kind of the disappointment in his face. Right. Yeah, because my son loves Fernando Tatis Jr. It's his favorite baseball player. And just, I was like, yeah, he got busted for uh, steroids. And you just kind of seen, like, the dejected look in his face. Like, he was super disappointed about it. And I think these guys, they play it. They play a game for a living, you know. They're not, I mean, they are human. But they're also, whether they like it or not, and I, I, I see it a lot with these NBA guys. Like, I'm not a role model. Yeah, whether you like it or not, you are. There's people that look up to you, and there's people that want to be you. And it, I think it just sends the wrong me- – you know, I sound very political when I say this, and it kind of sounds crappy, but, you know, you're, you're somebody – I have kids, you know. What if they're looking up to an athlete and he gets busted doing something like this? How do you explain that, that they tried to cheat? I mean, I, he probably had good intentions of trying to come back, help his team probably help himself more than anything but well, he just like uh, the contract thing he signed a huge extension uh, i believe it was in the neighborhood of 300 like he signed a 300 plus million dollar extension yeah 19 months ago a 14 year 340 million dollar contract extension and he's so 23 it's just, it's just it's very disappointing um I don't, that's all you can really say about it. It's just disappointing. Yeah, it is. I mean, like you said, with the the role model thing, like whether these guys want to or not, like I remember Charles Barkley, a big thing when I was a kid, is he even come out and said he's not a role model. But after uh, Magic retired, who Magic Johnson's my all-time favorite basketball player, uh, I was more of a Magic kid than I was a Jordan kid. But after Magic retired, I really gravitated towards Barkley because he kind of had the same build that I did, kind of a chubby kid, really good at yeah. basketball. It's like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm not built like Michael Jordan. I don't have that lean, muscular physique, but here's this guy who's kind of husky, kicking ass on the court. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna root for that guy. And he came out and said he's uh, not a role model, which he's not. If you've heard Charles Barkley, he's. He's kind of like your your uncle that you know. He's kind of a degenerate, but he's so awesome that you look past his faults, which that's what Charles Barkley is. And I love yeah. Chuck. Chuck is awesome, but I mean, yeah, he came out and said he's not a role model, but yet I kind of looked up to him, anyways. Right. There's always somebody who sees you, on, like somebody younger who sees you on TV, and for whatever reason, like something you do clicks, and then that's your deal. Yeah. Like I the wrestler Shawn Michaels. He was on drugs hardcore back in the 90s. I fucking love that guy. That guy could do no wrong. Mm-hmm. He was shitting all over Canada. I ate that up. The Montreal screw job. I was all about fuck you Bret Hart. That's what you get. Like That's funny no cuz I was on the other I was on the other end of the spectrum. I hated Shawn Michaels after that and cuz I was a huge Bret Hart fan as a kid. And see, I didn't realize the gravity of it either cuz I was and it was 97, I was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. So, but it just, yeah, it's just, these guys are role models whether they like it or not. And there's somebody, especially 
<clears throat> baseball tried to make him the face of, of baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, and it's pretty much so, him, Acuna, and uh, Soto, or like the young, like the guys that baseball's trying to build the sport around right now. And I don't know, he just, he's a, f- a fucking moron just between the motorcycle accident and this. And then, I don't know, it seems like money has kind of gone to his head a little bit. Uh, I mean, I, I can't speak from experience because I'll never have $300 million. Um, Unless our loyal listeners want to <laughs> send money our way so Lucas and I can live this lavish lifestyle. I didn't know that there were billionaires that were out there listening that can just throw yeah. money our way. But, yeah, I just I, – I don't know what it's like to have that kind of money, especially as a twenty a young 20-year-old. Mm. I can only imagine that it would probably go to my head too. But being 35 and having some perspective on life, it's very – very disappointing for somebody to essentially start to throw their life away mm-hmm. from the, cause if he, if he doesn't do all the right things from here on out, he won't be in baseball much longer. Yeah. Well, he'll have $340 million to soothe that the thought, but yeah, I don't know. It just, I seen that and I'm like, okay, like I, <clears throat> I wasn't cool with it, but I get it. It's like, okay, you're trying to come back. And if he would have like just said, yeah, I'm trying to come back. I want to, I was trying to get back so I could help my team win. Cause the Padres at the trade deadline went all in. They acquired Josh Hader, who is arguably one of the four or five best closers in baseball. And then they went huge and emptied out the farm system to get Juan Soto. So now if you were to look at like, the top 20 best players under 30 in baseball, the Padres have Tatis Jr., they have Juan Soto, and they have Manny Machado. That's a hell of a core to build your team around. So, like, they're going for it. So, I was like, hey, you know what? Like, if he would have just come out and said, hey, listen, I know I made a mistake. I'm trying to – I was trying to get back. I want to help my team win the World Series. Okay, like – it's stupid, but I would have at least seen it. Instead, he's trying to blame it on everybody else, but just never took a, a bit of accountability for it. He's had all these excuses, and for that, like I kind of, I don't have a lot of respect for that. Instead of just like yeah. owning up to the mistake, you know, he's like, "I fucked up. I was trying to get back. I wanted to help my team win, but no." It's like he said, "I think he." likened it to he was prescribed the wrong medication which he would have which had a, he would have had the documents to prove that if that were the case and he would have gotten out of that but he did he just he took something he knew he wasn't supposed to and instead of just coming clean it's like yeah I messed up but then like kind of wrapped an excuse and put the blame on somebody else yeah um, my last thing and then uh, if you got anything or, you know, or we can shut it down up to you. Um, European soccer leagues are back, which I'm excited about. And uh, the World Cup is in about 97 days, I believe. It's just a little bit over 90, a little bit over three months. So mm-hmm. very exciting for me. Oh, cool. I mean, I the only thing I knew with the European soccer leagues was that fucking brouhaha between Chelsea and Tottenham on Sunday. Yeah, that, that was awesome. 
I that coach with the shaggy hair, I thought for sure was gonna fuck up the dude in the hat. I don't know either of their names. I'm just gonna call him Shaggy and the hat guy for all I know. But yeah, I thought <laughs> I seen that clip and now I've seen shit on uh Twitter where they've taken uh my way from Limp Biscuit to cr- recreate the uh wrestling fans will know this. Uh, for WrestleMania 17, the main event was Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. They had this really awesome video package to highlight the feud between the two of them, to, and they had My Way playing behind it. Arguably the best WWE video package for a match they've ever done was that one. And people on the internet were creating like little videos with My Way playing behind it, so I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> that's yeah. the only thing I knew about. Like You could have told me, that the European Soccer League started two months ago, and I would have believed you. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, was Antonio Conte and Thomas Tuchel, by the way. Okay, cool. There you go. <laughs> you know what? Know you're very interested in that. Well, if they fight, yeah, I will be. I think that you and I need to organize a pay-per-view event, coach fight, where we get coaches that have had beefs before or have current beefs, we have them fight it out like celebrity boxing, except it's coaches. We main event Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban. They've apparently buried the hatchet, but we'll wait and see when uh, that game comes along. We get those two coaches. Um, I'm sure we can find we can find others. Yeah, I'm sure there. Well, uh, we can do Ryan Day and uh, what's his face from up north, Harbaugh. Do they hate each other to the point where they would fight? I I think so because Ryan Day said that he was going to beat Michigan by a hundred points, and then uh, Michigan came out and won. And Harbaugh said that some of us don't start on third base as a coach, and so yeah, they've been talking mad shit about each other. Well, there we go. We got an undercard match. There we go. Um, I like where this is going. Yeah, <laughs> outside of uh, creating a new event. Uh, the only thing I had was, uh, real quick, uh, we are recording on a Tuesday night, so AEW Dynamite was last Wednesday. CM Punk made his return, so it looks like they're setting up the main event for the all-out pay-per-view, which is Labor Day weekend, to unify the AEW World Championship between CM Punk and Moxley. I thought that was kind of cool. I actually was not expecting... Uh, CM Punk to be back so soon. So I went from being kind of interested in All Out to, yeah, I have to watch this now. And John Moxley did his Moxley thing where he basically flipped off CM Punk and like kind of did the shoulder check on the way out. So, yeah, they're setting up the seeds for that. So pretty excited about that. But outside of that, though, I think we kind of touched base on everything this week. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think we covered a lot of good stuff and had a good conversation tonight. That's right, and it's time for us to wrap this up because, like I said, we are recording on a Tuesday. Uh, for those of you that do not watch Hard Knocks and are fans of the NFL, I beg of you to watch Hard Knocks this season. Uh, Detroit Lions head coach Dan Campbell is a fucking rock star. He's the kind of coach that if I played football, I would love to play for. Uh, I if I were the owner of the Lions, that guy could win two games for 10 years straight. I'd still have him on payroll somehow. So uh, very 
charismatic, captivating individual. Hard Knocks has been first episode was really cool. Episode two is uh, it's eleven oh eight Eastern time, so it just ended. So wrap this up so we can watch Hard Knocks. Sounds good, amigo. All right. Well, uh, until next week, we will talk to you guys later. And that will do it for today's episode. We hope you guys and gals enjoyed what you heard. Be sure to follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter to get all the latest show updates. If you did like what you heard today, please leave us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. We drop episodes each and every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on a single episode of the Couch Potato Podcast. So until next Tuesday, we will talk to you guys later.